Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. With me again is uh, Pastor Tony Miller. And what an honor it is to have Pastor Miller from Morningside Baptist Church. Pastor Emeritus, which he told us on Monday, means no pay, <laughs> but a lot of great things. Pastor Miller contributed so much into my life and into our church's life for decades. And uh, we're so thankful for that. And one day you woke up, Pastor, and you're, I remember I, we, Pastor and I were just talking about this and we're coming on this. The word of today is patience, long suffering. And, and, and I was telling Pastor, I remember we were at church the day that Pastor resigned and uh, retired. It's, you know, there's a difference between resigning and retiring. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not resigning to go to a church in San Diego. I'm retiring. And yes. uh, uh, so, Pastor, I mean, you're pastoring for decades. You, you'd been, you, you came out, you go through Bible college, seminary, you be, end up becoming a, obviously you teach, you're, pro, you're a professor, you're a dean, you're involved in so many things. And then out of that, the church needs a pastor. They come to you and you pastor for decades. And uh, what tells you to stop? Yeah, that's a good question because I have men ask me that quite often. And I said, you, you handled it maybe a little differently than others. Because there's a tendency in our country now to not have young pastors available to come in and step into the ministry. And this is something that's a burden to me is the younger generation saying, I will be willing to step in and be a full-time minister. And that we need to have a revival of that in our country. But when I got to 65, I thought I would pastor probably the this last stretch in Morningside till about 70. Yeah. I got to 65 and I realized I was running out of the energy. And I'll give you a couple of things. A pastor told me one time, he said, I saw a ch- good church that had a mission board with it destroyed because the pastor stayed too long. Yeah. And, you know, whenever a man can't do the work of the ministry of shepherding and teaching and taking care of the church, he needs to step away and let somebody else that has the youth and vitality to do that, to do it. And so I got to 65 and I was beginning to realize my mind wasn't as sharp as it was. I was preaching tired a lot and I wasn't being as effective. And people would come to me and say, Pastor, you know, I got an idea. I said, okay, what is it? Well, we could do this, this, and this, and this would really help our church. And I would smile and I would say, yes, that's a great idea. And I'd walk away and say, no way am I going to try and take that on. I can barely handle what I've got now. So I realized I was in a maintaining mode rather than a growing mode. Yeah. And that's not good for a church. And I got to thinking about that and God got to show him. He said, listen, this ministry is not about you. This ministry is my ministry. And he gave me a verse, John 3, 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. Wow. And that was the verse that God settled with me on 
And so that's why I gave the announcement, you know, I'm, I'm resigning. We love you folks. Uh, there's nothing wrong. I remember that. Nothing, there's nothing wrong in my personal life. Yeah. I didn't want people going away thinking, you know, he's messed up. I mean, yeah. I'm not perfect, but I'm not at being immoral. I'm not out in some kind of scandal. Yeah. Uh, I certainly wished I would have been more godly, more spiritual. We could always improve and be better. Well, it, the situation was it took him basically 16 months. It did. Yeah, to, I to get, that. get the right man. But we have the right man. We, we do. You, yeah. you hear Pastor Crockett on the podcast, and he's a great blessing to my own heart. Yeah. I support him. I delight to be connected to him. He, he's, he's a good man, and he's a good preacher. Yeah. And so the, the, the real issue is you, we can hang on too long and hurt the ministry that we've helped. Yeah, And that's what God was showing me, that I, I don't want to be one of those. So I had guys my age come and say, man, you, 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 you cut out too soon. I said, no, I'm satisfied. And then some of those men come back to me and say, hey, I realize where you're at now. I don't have the energy. <laughs> it's time yeah. for me to stay. How did you handle it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I was thankful that I, both times you spoke. So you spoke the first time, then you, you had to come back because it was taking so long and you provided a date that you were going to leave church because it was, it was a long process in between uh, getting the word that you were leaving. And, and you were very gracious and you said, you know, I liked it. because And, and to understand this, folks, you need to understand our church was running magnificently. I mean, I go to a lot of churches. I'm in a lot of, we had a big church. The bills are all paid. I mean, everything, there was nothing in the background anywhere, as Pastor just said, that, there was nothing anywhere. I mean, because our churches, I mean, you, you can hear everything you need to know about, just like your church, no matter how big it is. There was nothing out there. And uh, um, so, I mean, I, I still remember Pastor making the statement that, you know, the bills are all paid. This is all done. There's no immorality. My wife and I are fine. And then he made a comment that I thought was extremely gracious and he said, listen, I'm right here with you until you get the next pastor. Remember yes. that first yeah. time? Yeah, I'm going to stay here until you install the new pastor. And then if God leads us to go away, that's fine. Yeah. And people came to me and said, oh, you can't leave. You know, even yeah. the chairman of the deacon said, oh, no, you got to stay. I said, yeah. listen, if I'm staying and it hinders the next man in any way, he's not good with that. We're leaving. Yeah, and, and it was so gracious. I mean, you, you just said, we'll see. You know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what, and, and Pastor Crockett came in and he said, well, my dad died of cancer and I, I need you to stay here. Yeah. And he was so gracious that way. And I thought, this is wonderful. It, yeah. it, it, we're, we're not an enmity. We're not competing with one another. No. No. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with God's work and God's people's needs being yeah. met. Yeah, it's just trust in that. And, and believe me, the church hired the right guy and had the right guy, and everything is, uh, everything is wonderful. But if you ever want to, if you're a pastor and you're coming up on that time, uh, I, I, I would encourage you to pick up the phone, let me know, and I'll hook you up with Pastor Miller and talk to him about it because he did everything right. And uh, over that course of 16 months, there's just so many emotions, so many people uh, you know, involved. I mean, it's a family. It's, uh, uh, you know, church is a living organism. It's yes. uh, real people, real people, <laughs> real life. Yeah. I mean, I was sitting next to a guy who just started weeping. 
and uh, when when pastor said he was going to leave and i can still remember him sitting there weeping and smiling at the same time and uh i i remember thinking to myself in that i mean church is living you know and, and i'm sitting there saying you know this is where i'm fed you know, this is where, you know, there were times that I was getting messages on CDs. People were getting stuff for me. And then we got to the place, we transitioned to the place where you could listen to messages and stuff. And it's a great place to be right now. So we don't miss a message. But this is the place that's feeding me. But I understand everything that's going on around me. We got this guy who's pretty magnanimous saying, hey, I'm staying. I'm not mad at anybody here. No yeah. one's really mad at me. Yeah. He said that I know of. I mean, there's always someone mad at the pastor. Sure. I guarantee you that. <laughs> and... Uh, but I was great with that. So here we are. We find ourselves at this word, patience, long-suffering patience. And, you know, I come to this word, and, and we, you know, the, chapter 12 of the Book of Romans is the only chapter I ever memorized or tried to memorize. And, and it meant an awful lot to me. And I mentioned yesterday that I always find myself skipping. Uh, and I always stop at chapter 12 of the Book of Romans, but rejoicing in hope. And then it says patient in tribulation, patient in trials, is that verse? It's it's given us these things to live by. Continue an instant in prayer. So we remember that we got to start at the beginning of chapter twelve, where I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you mm -hmm. present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Mm -hmm. In doing these things, you keep on going on, and then he's explaining this outline for a Christian life, and he says, you know, we rejoice in hope, and we're patient in trials. We're patient in those things because we we have God. And you mentioned that happiness is is the journey. <laughs> you live the journey doing your duty, and God takes care of the other things. Well, God takes care of us with patience. Now, let me make a clarity, and this is why I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to take Greek as okay. a language study. It was my minor in uh, undergraduate. Yeah. And there's two words that have to do with this thought. One name is makrothamia, which is long-suffering that we have here in this text of Galatians 5. And then it talks about in James chapter 1, uh, let, uh, one patience, two and three, yeah. patience have its perfect work. Yeah. And that's hupomeno, and that's a different word. And let me just say this. Makrothamia means to be long in wrath, or wait long before you respond back in anger. Uh, you suffer, you're willing to suffer. In fact, one of my favorite friends, Roy Short, once said, you know what you can define long-suffering as? Long-suffering. <laughs> That's how he would do it. But, but that has to do with our relationship to people. We're responding in a way to people that are maybe negative are difficult or hard to deal with. And so that's the Holy Spirit's power yeah. to not get angry quickly, not to shut them down quickly, but to be able to suffer a long time with people. Now, hupomeno has to do with circumstances and things, trials, tribulations, suffering under circumstances of poverty, uh, a war, uh, a situation, politically upheaval, all kinds of pressures from circumstances. And it's the ability to remain under something and go on actively not giving up. Yeah. Hupomeno. So I want to make that clear. This one is speaking about how I relate to people. 
Now, let me just say this. It never in the Bible says that God is patient in hupomeno form. He controls circumstances. He's the sovereign God of heaven. He's the owner of them. He doesn't have to submit to anything of it. But with people and persons, now this word is used of God, he's long-suffering and not willing that any should perish, but that all should come under repentance. And he puts up with us sinners doing him wrong for a long time, and then one day we get saved, and he's been so long-suffering with us. Hey, folks, hang with us just a minute here. We're going to go ahead and go to our commercial for the radio stations. We'll be right back with you, and we'll continue on with that long suffering. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging with us. So going back to you, that God... Uh, who should be angry with us, God who should be, uh, you know, going back to this long suffering um, is an example of this fruit of the spirit, because again, this fruit comes from the spirit. So I'm getting it. That was a good lesson for all of us. I'm glad we got that. Knowing that God is modeling this when he puts up with us, right? Yeah, that's his character. That's how he deals with us. I mean, thank God that he's long suffering. Yeah. I, I was away from the in her, though I was saved for eight and a half years. He didn't kill me. Mm. He didn't hurt me unnecessarily. He only got as strong in chastening me as he had to. And it's kind of like good parents uh, demonstrate this sometimes. Uh, my mom used to say, you know, children when they're young and little toddlers, they step all over your toes and your feet, but you don't get upset at them. That's they're weak and they're uncoordinated and they're going to step on your feet. And we that are grandparents kind of like that. We like, yeah. to, we like to have them around because they're our little buddies. But he says, now when they get older, they won't step on your feet, but they'll step on your heart sometimes. Yeah. And really hurt your heart and do things that grieve you and hurt you. But still, a good parent doesn't just lose their cool and blow up get angry and cut off the kid because they hurt their heart. You know, you think about the prodigal son and we ought to really focus on what's really in that parable, the prodigal father. That son had disrespected dad. He said, Hey, I want my inheritance. That we was, have got to fit that in on the next time we do podcasts. We got to go to the prodigal son. Yes. So that's what he did. Yeah. And he would, but he was waiting and he was, he, he was hurt, but he was waiting to receive him back and forgive him. And uh, that's the kind of father I want to be. And, and, you know, there's a brother in there, and sometimes we're real hard on that brother. And, you know, the brother who stayed there working and yeah. <laughs> stayed behind that plow, kept the Chevy running, yeah. kept the old John Deere going, <laughs> you know, uh, kept the servants doing what the servants do and the employees doing what yeah. the employees do. And, uh, boy, his heart was broken. And, but, but there was a lesson in there for him as well. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's a lesson in all this for all of us. So I guess, you know, we keep on saying to get this trait, to have this spiritual fruit, to have one of these fruits from the spirit come to us. Now, if there's any, you know, I look at these boy and I want to, I, I want the spirit of love. Mm. I want the spirit of joy. 
Mm. I want the spirit of peace. But, you know, I'm one of these guys who's short-suffering. And uh, knowing the difference in the Greek words here, <laughs> I, I, I am impatient in, in, in this context. I am one of these people that if I'm dealing with somebody who's made me angry and stuff, man, I want, I, I've been taught. I went 17 years old. I raised my right hand with my left hand on the swore Bible. Swore into the military. I swore <laughs> into the military. And things had to go quick. I mean, you don't go out there and learn how to think about things for a long time. I mean, they're, you're constantly training, get that over, fix that thing. Even the medical command of the United States Army is patching you. They're trying to get you to retirement. Unless you have something that's going to kill you, they're constantly patching you up medically mm. to get you through your service. I mean, it's like playing for the NFL, except you're playing for the USA, mm. and, uh, and and you move along. So in my life, and maybe many of the people listening who have jobs like that and stuff are quick, um, what exercise do we do in life? I know one thing I don't pray for is long-suffering, but as Christians, we're plugged in, we're studying the Bible, and boy, those kids, there's there's no worse hurt than kid hurt, than your own kids hurting you. There's no worse pain, I tell people, than church pain, you know, when church goes bad. And mm. I've felt both of those. Mm. How do we prepare to be long sufferers? How do we, what is it that gets us to that place where we're such a parent that we're, we're the prodigal father or the prodigal mother? I... I wish I had a formula to give people for this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it, the, the real formula in this context of Galatians 5 is, well, let's go, let's just read it here. I think this would be great. You're at Galatians 5, I hope in your Bibles, and we're going to go to verse 16 and this section and just read through it. It says, uh, verse 15, but if ye bide and devour one another... Take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This is, bam, you did me wrong. I'm going to bite you back. And a dog goes biting back and forth. He says, don't do that. This I say, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one or the other. So you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led by or of the spirit, you're not under the law. And I think really the key is I have to be hour by hour, minute by minute, yielding myself to the Spirit of God, not my sin nature, not my flesh nature, the works of the flesh. What he's saying is just stay yielded. And, you know, I've known good parents that didn't go to parenting seminars. I've known good mates that didn't go to any of those wonderful marriage renewals that you and your wife teach yeah but they had beautiful marriage relationships and they had beautiful parenting skills why because these were people that walked day by day led by the spirit and the spirit will coach us if we're yielding to him how to respond in certain situations and so in my counseling ministry that i've done i have a basic uh, what we would call philosophy, and it centers around Galatians 5, is what you're saying, how you're feeling, how you're thinking, or how you're choosing, or what you're doing, is this a work of the flesh, or is this a fruit of the Spirit? Yeah. And I think what we have to do, we have to become very conscious. You memorized Romans 12. 
memorize Galatians 5, yeah, 16 through 24, and then just every day say, okay, now how I'm thinking, how I'm feeling, what I'm choosing, even the media I'm taking in, is this a work of the flesh or a fruit of the spirit? Yeah, is this is this something that's going to glorify God? Is this something that's going to... Godlike. Uh, yeah, is it godlike? Is it going to help my neighbor? <laughs> is 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 this thing that I'm plugged into worthy of my time? I mean, is it going to make a difference with those people I care for, live next to, love? Yeah, verse 13, right here's what it says in Galatians 5. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty to an occasion of the flesh, the works of the flesh, but by love serve one another and usually when we get short-tempered with people yeah long-suffering we're thinking about ourselves and serving self not what will help this person the most yeah okay now i'm going to say something i'm going to give you a confession today all right my tendency is to do better on the long-suffering part than the patient's part mm-hmm. get me around a, a lawnmower that breaks down and it's not easily fixed. And then I'm on my knees saying, oh, God, don't let me lose my sanctification <laughs> over this lawnmower. Yeah. This is only a lawnmower. This is a thing, God. Don't let me lose my walk with you over it. I have a tendency more because God has made me a people person toward knowing my ministry is to help people with problems. I'm more long-suffering that way. Now, my wife is more the other way. So we balance one another as parents. We help one another. And God puts us together to do that. But I have to confess, eupomeno is not my strength. Bearing under circumstances like a car dying, a computer not working right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, does that make sense to you? It does make sense, and I I appreciate your confession. I, I kind of felt like a minute we were in the front of a Catholic church there with a confessional <laughs> booth. i got to be honest with you, I have problems with both areas. But I do know this. I do know that God gives wonderful grace, and for some reason, and uh, I find myself being better at long-suffering with those I love, you know, with my children, with my wife, uh, with those friends who are close to me. I say, ah, you know. They just messed up again. Well, that's what we got to ask God. Help me love this person the way you love them and see them and love the yeah. way you love them. Because somebody has said the first part of the fruit of the Spirit is love, and these others trail out of it. Yeah, yeah, they're all part of it, that's for sure. Because when you have love, you have joy. When you have love, you have peace. When you can look at your neighbor uh, and, and just love them. I mean, it wasn't too long ago I was at church, and... Uh, you know, over the years, this has only happened twice, but uh, both times on a Wednesday night, someone showed up at church and they were hungry. So uh, a few years back, I drove the people. They had actually got a ride to church. This was long enough ago where you were pastoring, and this couple showed up at church. Remember, they were homeless. They were living in a tent off of uh, Wade Hampton uh, behind someone's house. They had a nice tent set up, and and but it was just it was terrible to me, but they had both just got a job with BMW or the company that leads into getting to BMW. So I took them out to eat. I loved them. I cared for them. And then it was just a couple months ago. I was there on a Wednesday night and I went outside and, and one of the fellows I believe was in another ministry, you know, he said, I'm hungry and I'm waiting for a ride or I'm going to catch a ride. I said, how about if I give you a ride home and buy you something to eat? 
And I remember thinking about how uncomfortable I was and how uh, long-suffering I was not. I was short-suffering with this guy, and God just worked on me. Mm. The fruit you know? of the Spirit. The Spirit's working that. It worked on me. Yeah. You know, so I took the guy to a Waffle House, fed him up, you know, bought him a little bit of food and stuff and sent him home. But I do know this. I'm more comfortable with people who aren't in that category. But listen, we're right up against our time again. If we can do anything to help you, find us at Helpful Wounded Spirits, uh, uh, Doug at WoundedSpirits.com, Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page. Remember to watch our TV show. It's out there. You can hear Pastor Miller out there talking at Wounded Spirits TV series. May God bless you. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.